Toad's top five because ten is too many. Toad's top five because Stubbs is too busy. Toad's top five. I don't know what he's up to, but he's clearly busy. So let's talk about some tunes, cause it's Toad's top five. Yeah. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. And welcome to uh, episode uh, three here of uh, Toast Top Five. And one of the uh, semi interesting things about this, if we uh, to get in the sense for a little variety here, right? This last episode, we did a little Steely Dan. Steely Dan records and in episode one we did Prince and the the quick parallels between the episode three artist Madonna and Prince are are pretty vast they both kind of came up through the same era they both were considered you know sort of the uh the the king and queen of of pop at one point you would think that their stage name was fake but for both of them, it was their real name. Her actual name was Madonna Louise Ciccone, just like, you know, Prince's first name was actually Prince. And most notably, they were both giant preverts. You know, we're talking about a couple of couple of pretty, pretty sexual, you know, pretty pervy artists here, you know, broke a lot of barriers in terms of, you know, that whole thing. But you know, also both Midwesterners, you know, Prince came up in Minneapolis and Madonna Louise Ciccone came up about, you know, 40 minutes from where I currently sit in the uh, northern suburbs of Detroit. Now, she did not grow up in Detroit. If anybody makes that claim, you know, they're they're casting way too wide of a net as in terms of what Detroit actually is. But. She is a bona fide Michigander, whether she, you know, admits it much of these days or not, because she's since, you know, copped a lot of like at one point she had a fake British accent. I think she was pretending she was from Britain and, you know, or, or New York or L.A. or, you know, wherever else she's kind of uh, staged at certain points to be from. She's actually a Midwestern Michigander. So, you know, another parallel to Prince. She. Grew up in the uh, Pontiac area. It's Oakland County, which is actually a very uh, wealthy, affluent area in the North Detroit suburbs. It's an area a lot of the, you know, auto executives used to reside and a lot of money up there. So this is not, you know, she did not grow up in the in the tough streets of Eight Mile, you know, or anything like that. But we're going to get to the top five for uh, for this artist. And there's certainly, you know, a, a vast catalog and, you know, many different eras that you can look at. Most notably, the top five come during her prime. There was some decent output, you know, in the 90s and even in the early 2000s. But really, since then, her output has been pretty awful. She looks terrible. And 
actually just just this week she put out a song with uh that guy say what's his name sam smith or simon or whatever essentially a d- disgrace to music but she uh partnered with that guy and uh they put out a song that's just horrendous so you know it's it's i think in the quest to continue to be edgy and relevant you know she has gone on to sort of um make herself look kind of stupid but you know at this time of her prime and her heyday you know i don't know that there was an artist that was much bigger but let's start with an album worth mentioning what do you say all right the album worth mentioning is a band that actually we covered on the big podcast at one point that's the mars volta they put out a new record in 2022 called wait for it now the mars volta and it was a much more stripped down you know simplified they were kind of doing songs that were uh you know three four minutes and for for their standards you know pretty stripped down well they went even further stripped down with this release which is um gonna completely butcher the spanish here que dios te maldiga mi corazon which means god curses you my sweetheart yeah these guys are upbeat as always aren't they but the cool thing about this is it's it's an acoustic version of their 2022 album so it's basically all the same songs but acoustic versions i like what these guys are doing most bands start off simple and then sort of move towards a more progressive output these guys did the opposite their early work was very complex we covered francis the mute on two twins in an album and i mean there's some insanely complex musical things happening there and, you know, what they've kind of gotten to now after breaking up and getting back together and sort of, you know, regrouping and uh, creatively is is a place that is much more simple. It's pretty neat. And so I think putting out an acoustic version of uh, of their album that came out last year is kind of a neat sign. So anyway, Mars Volta, K Dios, Te Maldiga, Mi Corazon. And I probably just said that so blatantly wrong and blatantly American, but, you know. It's the best I got. So anyway, check that one out. Um, Madonna, you know, as we noted, she grew up in the suburbs of Detroit, had some issues with the old dad. Uh, Her dad, you know, divorced her mother and then like married and sort of ran off with the housekeeper, you know, kind of the, the timeless story of that. Extremely intelligent, straight A student, got a dance scholarship at the University of Michigan and artistically I mean, clearly she had some talent in terms of songwriting and composition. I don't know if I'd call her a songwriter, but she was a master collaborator, you know, certainly knew. And who knows at first if if the record companies were smart about who to team her up with. But eventually that certainly became something where where she had some carte blanche to to work with who she wanted to work with producers and songwriters and composers and always made very, very good collaboration decisions i mean it always seemed like she found the right person or persons to collaborate with and i think that that's part of what defines her as an artist i don't i don't know that she was one that could just start from scratch and write an entire album and execute an entire album without some help so you know madonna in a lot of ways was like a group even though it was packaged as a solo artist and she certainly was at the forefront 
very often you were getting a lot of support, whether it was from one other person or a few other people. And we'll touch on that some as we get through the top five. So fairly big fan of her classic work. Um, I think what she's doing in her more modern era or recent era has been kind of sort of lame and kind of a reach for relevance. But during this time, the, you know, the 80s and early 90s and, and even some of the stuff, which we'll start with, actually, that's a bit later. You know, there was nobody that could kind of nail it better and capture the mainstream and keep herself in the conversation, you know, better than uh, Madonna Louise Ciccone. So what do you say we get to it? Top five. All right, we're going to start with number five, which, as I kind of touched on, is as late in her era as we're going to get. The great Nubs, who's very busy, by the way, he's a busy guy, so we'll just we'll just acknowledge that right away. But Nubs, uh, well before we started podcasting and these type of things, um, one of his first jobs out of college was a uh, as a music journalist. For a local paper, actually, on the other side of Madonna's suburb, Downriver, which is south South Detroit, if you will. And he used to write a music column and review albums. And I remember back in November 2005, Nubs writing a review for Madonna's Confessions on a Dance Floor and noting that it was the ultimate Buy Your Girlfriend CD. You know, this was back when we were like, you know, we didn't even think about spouses. We just thought about girlfriends. You know, the word wife was not not in the equation, but Nubs basically wrote in his column. This is a cool album. And if you want to buy your girlfriend an album for the holiday season here, this is the one to do it. It's the ultimate. And I kind of agree with him. Number five. Number five. Please call me Johnny Five. Johnny, you have taken name for yourself? From Confessions on a Dance Floor, the first track, number five on Toph's Top 5 for Madonna is Sorry. Okay, so this album is pretty cool. It is... So the collaborator here was Stuart Price. You know, huge within the, uh, you know, electronic dance music scene. I believe he was out of the UK. And the album is structured like a DJ set. So each song runs into the next. Everything's fairly upbeat. There's some other pretty cool songs on here. Um, I actually really like the album. I think it's, I think it was, it hit at the right moment. It had the right tone. She and Stuart Price were a very good pairing. And Sorry is number five, track three on the album.
So yeah, it, it's a cool record. I, I think it's one that is a great top to bottom listen because it really does feel like one collective, and and it is DJ style where the songs run into each other. It was kind of cool at this time for her to do a fun album because she had put out American Life a couple years before. Which had a couple hits and all that, but I don't know. The tone of it was like very political, kind of dark, and you know everyone was kind of doing a lot of uh, politicking around that time. And I think what she kind of decided is let's get with Stuart Price and put out something that's fun and upbeat and danceable. And Confessions on a Dance Floor hit it. So that is number five. Sorry. Off of Confessions on a Dance Floor. Let's get to the next one. Oh, a fine shot. Oh, I should have yelled two. All right. This record has three songs in Toast Top Five. Now, with a catalog this vast, it's probably going to be fairly unusual for that to be the case but clearly 1986's true blue is my favorite album three tunes appear on the top five starting with number four here with live the tell song's awesome um most of the stuff i liked of hers was fairly minimalist right like that that was the cool thing about madonna's music is it never was overly layered which meant that instrumentation and these things really sort of shine through because it never felt muddy you know it always felt like whether it was the drum tracks whether it was the synthesizer keyboard stuff or the other instrumentation that it always stuck out the way it needed to. I thought her stuff was always really well produced. She did this song for a movie with Sean Penn, who she was married to at the time. Can you freaking imagine that dynamic, that relationship, Madonna and Sean Penn? <laughs> really shocked it didn't work out. But uh, this was for the movie At Close Range. Now, one of the things that's super cool about this, um, which I didn't know until recently, is that Madonna recorded a, a demo. They were kind of working on different song ideas for this movie. And one of the producers brought this to her and she put down a demo vocal, you know, after kind of finalizing the lyrics. And they kept trying to re-record it, but everyone involved with the production can just really liked what she did on the demo. And that's what you're hearing. The final recording, actually, this is her original first take demo vocals for the song. So that's part of why it's super raw. Like it's not overly produced and it's really 
stripped down in terms of effects and those things. And I think that's part of what makes it good is it does sound like, you know, somebody who's singing this in a very raw, stripped down fashion. So again, not trying to do too much. Great interludes, you know, great sections and live to tell comes in at number four. Number three also comes in off True Blue. So Live to Tell was track four. This is track seven. So you're kind of on side B here. And this was the fifth single. So there were five singles in the top five billboard charts from this album. True Blue. So pretty amazing. Number three, La Isla Bonita. Again, not trying to do too much here musically, right? They, they could have gone crazy with layers and effects. You have some Spanish guitar. Um, you've got keyboards. You've got a pretty straightforward drum track. Love the vocal. Now, interesting about this, um, Patrick Leonard, who she collaborated with heavily around this time, uh, co-wrote this song. This was actually offered up by Leonard first to uh, Michael Jackson. Who listened to the instrumental and wasn't feeling it um, apparently he and Quincy Jones at the time wanted something that sounded like Chardet you know something a little more chill and they turned this down and then it went over to Madonna and it turned into this track have a hell of a voice i mean i think one of the things you know she was such a performer and such a signal sender artistically that you often overlook her vocal abilities but you know she was pretty damn good and was able to outside of the studio for the most part um pull that off at well as well and you saw later you know with avita and some of those things she was really kind of flexing her you know vocal form but i think she does it on this song and Brings something to a track that uh, makes it pretty neat. Great middle section here. So La Isla Bonita coming in at number three and... You know, don't look now. We still have one more song off True Blue to go. But in the meantime, we switch to a different album for number two. Utah, give me two. We're going to fast forward a little bit here to 1992. 
and really an album that uh, <laughs> it was kind of like just when you felt like Madonna was getting sort of mainstream, could she had because she had actually just starred in the in the movie A League of Their Own as All the Way May, you know, great part. And it was kind of like, oh, is she going to become a movie star? Is she going to go mainstream? And then was like, she was basically like, screw all of you for even thinking that. And uh, I'm going to put out a, a book called Sex. And I'm going to put out an album called Erotica. And number two on Tof's top five is track 10 from said album. This is Rain. the erotica album actually i think um i i like the cover i like that there's a parental advisory yeah i always like that and it, it sort of takes you in a lot of different directions you know it's a cool pretty dynamic record and rain is probably the the most straightforward song there's a lot of um you know this was sort of a compliment to the sex book so there's a lot in there that kind of takes on that vibe, but this is a little bit more of something, you know, that certainly came through as a single. Um, but yeah, this was around a time that she was, you know, she had just done a league of their own and she was about to star in body of evidence, which was like a poor man's basic instinct a year after basic instinct, basically Madonna doing the same stuff as Sharon Stone in that movie. But I mean, it's worth the watch, you know, but it's not a particularly good movie, but she gave the middle finger to going too mainstream with this record in this sex coffee table book. So Rain off of Erotica comes in at number two, leaving us with only one song remaining. The third song off this record to make Tof's top five. Number one is Open Your Heart. Every section of this song is awesome. Um, produced perfectly you know the, the verses build into a pre-chorus that is memorable and then the chorus just kind of no pun intended opens up to um, something that just has a lot of great flow and rhythm and direction to it 
perfectly composed and produced song. I mean, you know, you got to be a sucker for those fake, you know, 80s horns. I mean, come on. You know, the Madonna obviously made a pretty big dent in the MTV world. And the video of this was the one with she and the, the kid uh, who like sneaks into the peep show. And then he and Madonna end up like hanging out the rest of the night. It's pretty, pretty interesting video, particularly when you're six years old. It's funny. The kid in the video, his name is Felix Howard. And, and he would go on to become a songwriter, but most notably a very um, successful A&R guy. So he's like in the music biz, this kid who played like Madonna's underage, you know, friend who stuck into the peep show in the video. He wrote songs for Amy Winehouse and Sia. So, you know, who knew this kid was going to get in the biz later so open your heart comes in at number one rounding out Toph's top five a cool middle section there by the way but we just don't have time don't have time we got things to do. We're busy, like nubs, you know? Recapping the top five. Number five off of Confessions on a Dance Floor was Sorry. Number four off True Blue, Live to Tell. Number three off True Blue, La Isla Bonita. Number two off Erotica was Rain. And number one also off True Blue was Open Your Heart. So I think if nothing else you can take away from this is go uh, go give True Blue a listen. Because, you know, one hell of an album. So... I think that's a wrap. And now we've covered, you know, the 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 man pop icon of the 80s and 90s ish Midwesterner with a name that sounds like a stage name, but wasn't. And now we've covered the the lady pop queen of the 80s and 90s from the Midwest, who also has a name that sounds like a stage name, but it's her real name. So we'll call that a wrap and the conclusion of top five for Madonna. So that's a wrap on our third episode. We'll be back with another one shortly. Y'all take care. Thank you.